let, let's start with the um, compa- uh, problem yeah. with the compatibility. Yeah. Compatibility issues. Compatibility issues with the M1s. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so how, how, do you, how do you want to lead into this? How do you want to start it off? Um, I saw some some reviews online uh, that because you have to install that. Uh, how's that called? The thing that you you, you um, convert. Uh, Rosetta. Yeah, Rosetta. Yeah, and then but people were saying they're like, yeah, it doesn't work that great. The computer's slowed down a bunch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just because you're emulating, right? Like you're not yeah. using the real um, um, the real um, processor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that like it's nice that Apple releases that. You know, it's like awesome because like super powerful and stuff for the Apple yeah. products. You know, like uh, I, I think that Final uh, Cut. I mean, they've really dropped the price as well. Like um, the fact that yeah. they're, they're manu- manufacturing the chips in house. Well, as as we as we were, we were talking at the start, like you know the the iPhone is great because the hardware and software is managed by Apple. At least most of the hardware is. Some the screen and the chips are still manufactured by Samsung. The convergence of technologies is is really coming towards where one company that produces the hardware produces all of it. They yeah. they manufacture all of it, and the the fact that the M the M ones are using Apple's chips means that Apple can really coordinate and identify how to fix how to fix problems. And they they the ball is in their court. They can't blame Intel now. They can't go to Intel and say, uh, you know, we don't like what you're doing, and so. It's, it's the onus. The onus is on them now, but it also means that they can create the user experience that they want. Because a lot of, because a lot of the time, they don't have the freedom or the ability to without making their own chips. And they've used they've used Intel for oh, like two decades. They've slowed down, and I feel like Apple can definitely take that the chipset market by by storm. And the the M one is the first way to do that. Yeah, I think so too. But I I think they like. To- Kind of create some limitations as well at the mm. same time, yeah. Because like now you have to develop like a version for the Intel chip, and a version for the M1 processor as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of like oh, you know, if you're like a small uh, software company, for instance, and you don't have many, much funds or you don't have time to like release a product, would you be releasing first for like your product to, to Max or to Intel chips that you know that like more people use? You know, I mean, it's a similar problem to the problem that Apple had when Steve Jobs came back to Apple originally in the nineties. Apple Max, the Macintosh was overpriced. Um, well, it still is today, but it was yes. way more overpriced then. But think, think about the nineties. You didn't have mobile phones. You didn't have tablets. Computers were, were based for for business. If the computer couldn't run the the op, the software that your business needed, it was basically worthless. And people wouldn't people didn't make applications for the for the Mac because it cost twice as much to make it for the Mac as it did for Windows. And the Mac had like a, an eight percent market share or something. So since there's no Developers making apps for it because they can't afford to to do to do that just to get like an extra eight percent of people on board with their apps. No one, no one was able to buy them. So similarly, Apple run the risk of if they don't treat this conversion process of Intel to to um M1s. to M1s carefully, then they could run run the risk of developers being forced to pick between between them. For example, Visual Studio Code that is probably one of the most popular. Well, it is one of the most popular IDEs across the developers, and it only recently got got uh, updated for for the silicon for the Apple silicon. So, I think that one thing that will be really valuable for Apple is the emergence of browser based software. So things like Canva, things like Evernote or Notion, there are applications that are done that are mainly using the browser. And something we're going to talk about more when we come to the the desktop or the idea of the desktop is the 
how how our use cases and applications change over time, how they change over, over the years. And Apple might be relying on the emergence of browser-based technology as fixed for that M1 compatibility issue. I think yeah, that, that, that'll be really valuable. Yeah, that's what, that was actually my next point, was that many uh, applications now uh, run uh, in a browser. Yeah. Yeah, because the browsers are so powerful now that even like our design applications, you know, like there's Figma now, um, they, it's easy to collaborate. I don't use much, but it's very similar to other, other um, uh, applications like Sketch or even Adobe XD, which is what I'm using now. But mm. yeah, you just run on the browser. So you need pretty much your phone. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, like you don't I, need that much I, I, the, the, processing. The, the, the biggest developers, is obviously, they can, they can afford to, to switch between Intel and M1. And we can see that Apple are wanting to transition entirely to M1. The fact that they make the M1 MacBook Pros cheaper in Australia, at least, than the Intel MacBook Pros shows that they're trying to encourage you to go to the M1s. I, I, I've seen a lot of people editing videos on, and it's a lot faster. It's really comparable to high-end um, Intel-based MacBooks. But if you don't need the processing power and, and the idea of, of iOS apps on your on your Mac doesn't appeal to you, there's no point to go for it just yet because the, these, you, you don't want to run the risk of, like, with, like we said at the start, you don't want to run the risk of getting a computer for the software and then finding out that the software won't run on that computer. It's early days for this technology. It's early days for this sort of light, for, for this sort of product with Apple. But it has the potential to really go far. Apple, we see, can influence our lifestyle and, and, our, and our product choices. But it's about how we adapt to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And my, so, for instance, my partner, she, she, she likes taking photos and stuff. And then... She she have this old iMac over there, and then that's that's the machine that she used to use to edit her photos on it. You know because she has like this um, thirteen inch MacBook Pro, which is not as fast as an iMac for obvious reasons. And then uh, but you know like for her it needs to be very practical because it's not you know it's not her work. She does this for like you know she takes photos of friends or like her you know nephews or some some stuff like that. Like she likes to do it, but it needs to be as easy as possible and like it needs to have like. A good uh, a computer with good processing power, which like in this case for her is awesome to have like an M1 MacBook um, uh, Pro, for instance. You know, like it's light. You know, she can carry everywhere, and it works good. You know, like you have to think that like most people, like ninety five percent of the people, use this product because it helps with their productivity for you know whatever reason, like for work or for hobbies or anything like that. So yeah, thinking about like a lot of pro like processing power on a computer not always is a good thing because you know you're mm. paying like a premium price your computer's like a ferrari but like you know uh, and, you and don't we, need yeah, and much we, power. we've seen the, the emergence of, of of companies looking just to go browser based it's like netflix for streaming or, or google stadia for game streaming where you don't where as long as you've got an internet connection it doesn't matter what your what your computer's internal specifications are whereas like with microsoft they own github github made um their own version of visual studio code which is called github code spaces like it's a collaborative VS Code environment for your GitHub repository, and like one of my main problems at the when I first heard about M1 was like I was like great yes M1 yes that's what I want, <laughs> but I was like but how how do I get VS Code and like the advantage like we're we're moving towards those browser based those sort of like streaming applications where you're streaming like the a lot of the work is being done by supercomputer and then like, the thing is at Microsoft have Microsoft Azure, Google have Firebase. Uh, Amazon have Amazon Web Services. Apple don't have anything, at least not that we're aware of, even in the works for cloud computing. But they seem to be a bit over reliant on that cloud computing becoming the norm. 
it is becoming the norm but surely apple would want to have a piece of that of that pie i definitely think that apple would probably be wanting they, they don't care about affordable phones they don't care about external products they know that cloud computing is is the future they know that charging uses a few dollars a day to use a supercomputer rather than having to use a, a really powerful consumer consumer product that's that's the future I also know that Apple is is really reluctant to adopt new technology. AWS and and Azure has been around for a few years. It's a proven it's a proven quantity. I'll be really surprised if Apple what is AWS Amazon Web Services. Okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'd be really surprised if Apple don't release their own like a, a Apple Web Services or something. Uh, I've yeah, heard some stuff about like they making cars or whatever. You know, like they're just yeah. going crazy. They want to make cars. Like I, I don't. Like, what from what I heard, they, they sacked their entire product team a few years ago for the, for the Apple car. And like as I said, but with, for example, with things like OLED screens, with things like wireless charging, they've shown that they that we got when the competitors produce it, they will wait two or three years and they'll try and perfect it, see if the market even wants it. They won't always go with gimmicky features. So I can see Apple have said, okay, web services, cloud computing, that's the that's the future. It's been around for a few years. I we think it's viable now. Let's make our own service because it'll be really stupid of Apple not not to capitalize on. The emergence of browser-based software by making a making a, a piece a, a device a laptop that is really good with browser-based apps. They, they should make their own suite of applications for for that use case. I think that comes with Apple being its own premium cost as well. They do take that extra time to learn the market, learn what people actually do want. Mm. So even though your M1 chip comes at that much more cost. And sure, you lose out on a bit of compatibility, and you get a few battery issues. That specific chipset has been worked for specific people, you know, so it works for that, for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I, I think that I, it's, it's it's like with with we said we said things like wireless charging stuff. That's something. That, I mean, Apple Apple failed to, to to with the wild with the, with their air power on that, which is like a, was a pretty big fail. But we also see that things like gimmicky features, like the iris scan on, on on Samsung phones, or things like um the the Pixel 4's motion sensor, Apple don't adopt those sort of things. They're gimmicks. Uh, yeah, okay, that's definitely okay. I'm a gimmicky guy. I like I often buy products or phones that have gimmicky features. But we but Apple are like no, we don't do gimmick. We don't do gimmicks. I mean, yeah. they're very practical in what they do, and that's what we do, and we do good. And that's and that's that's, that's why the the I, that's that's why we can see that if they haven't done something, either it's, either it's a gimmicky feature or it's too early in the market. But at Azure, we see that Microsoft have switched from the from their model of making Windows uh, and making Microsoft Office into focusing on their cloud computing. And that 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 is what is keeping them afloat at the moment. They're not like they they've made they've switched their entire model for Windows updates with Windows Redstone. So. They've, they've, when Microsoft has seen the potential in cloud computing really, really successfully, Satya Nadell, the, uh, the CEO, has done a good job there. You, if, if Apple don't have something set up or at least something publicly in the works by the end of the year, I'll be very surprised. Um, I think, like, so what, what applications do run on, on the M1s, like, out of the box? Like, we, um, we I think Final Cut Pro. Yeah, yeah, because it's an Apple product, yeah. and of right. course they needed to, you know, run as smooth as possible. Yeah, optimize um, for the M1 chipset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty well. Um, you know, I, I like some uh, video editing and stuff. Um, 
and then I, I follow some some people on YouTube who are doing like some reviews of products and, and comparing like a Intel chipset and like MacBooks from last year uh, and then like the new one Mac uh, M1s and comparing comparing like the, the most used uh, um, video editors uh, software and then you know they were comparing like Premiere Pro from Adobe which is not yet optimized for uh, M1 uh, chips and using Final Cut Pro and it was like you know little Mac minis were running faster they were like uh, exporting the files faster than like um, iMac Pro or something like that yeah. you know like for a fifth or a sixth of the price yeah. you know and, like it's mind-blowing and, and, and we can see that like Apple will try uh, Apple had that stranglehold in the video editing market they, they had that stranglehold that they had that the, that sort of unofficial partnership with Adobe where like almost everyone that uses Adobe is professional uses uses the Mac Pro it's like it's like, like it's, it's almost as if it's like an Apple exclusive almost so like, you can see that Apple will be pushing you to go with the M1s because they're cheaper to produce they produce them in house. They don't have to worry. About, they don't have to pay until a, a dime. They can control everything, right? Like yeah. every step of the, the process. Yeah, they can yep. they control that. And then so they're gonna they're gonna push people in and say Final Cut Pro in a year will only compatible compatible with M ones. And that's not necessarily them being evil. That's them being practical because like if if, if things can work, if if they're, if if they're going with the M ones, there's no point. There's no point keeping in. There's no point continuing to make Intel's Intel based ones when M ones are the future. And if they and if we also do know that if they keep updating their applications to work with the M1s, they're, they're going to be compatible issues with, with the Intel-based ones. And they and we, as, as we know, you have it, right now they're doing a parallel implementation where you have the two, you have the whole system and the new system running simultaneously. Mm. That's over, that's overly expensive. And if Apple truly live in the M1 project, they're going to they're going to can the the Intel-based ones pretty pretty soon. So it's not necessarily them trying to force you to upgrade. It's them trying to focus on fulfilling their vision. Adobe, definitely out of the box, they have their, their main applications being M1 available. The uh, Visual Studio Code, that is that is M1 available now. Uh, obviously, Chrome... Is that already available? Yeah. Yeah, okay. A few, you know. few weeks yeah. ago, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I think... quite fast, though. <laughs> yeah. Optimize, yeah, okay. Um, but like, we, I prefer... Smaller companies, they're going to really struggle. They're going, they're going to want to try and find out how many of their customers are going to upgrade to the M ones. Yeah, and unless, unless you're creative, creative or a professional, most people, won't, most people won't upgrade intentionally. But having said that, a lot of people people don't know the difference between what they don't know what a processor is. So they'll just see they're going to Apple's going to see M L C M one is cheaper than 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 regular Intel, whatever that means. Let's get the M one. Yeah, or even if they want to spend the premium price for a better chipset, or they don't even know what a chipset is, they'll end up buying the Intel over yeah. M one when. And and if if you don't if it's not your goal, yeah, right? Exactly. If you don't need a lot of power, whatever's yeah. cheaper. I mean, whatever works. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's practical. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone that buys the Intel one in twenty twenty, maybe they're not they're not as much of an idiot as you originally think. If you buy an Intel MacBook in twenty twenty one, if it's a MacBook, if it's a MacBook Pro, you can't be forgiven because you, you like that. If you want to have a laptop that lasts for longer than a year and like lasts well for longer than a year, that's a stupid decision. Um, like you know, maybe you can be forgiven with like an iMac or or the MacBook Air because th those are going to up the MacBook Pros are the ones that have been upgraded first. We also know that the M ones. Only support up to sixteen gigabytes of RAM to stop the to to you know stop battery throttling issues. So which was the problems that they had previously, right? With, yeah. Uh, the i nine or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if you if you go if you go over if you go over sixteen gigs the M ones at the moment that, that you know a huge problem. So if you need mm. that thirty two gigs of RAM in, in a MacBook Pro, 
yeah, I, he stayed with Intel, but they're going to fix that problem by they're going to fix the problem by twenty twenty one, which is where we are now. In six months, they'll have that problem fixed. So it'll be they'll announce a WWDC twenty twenty one. Don't don't go and buy an Intel MacBook Pro in twenty twenty one. Like people are going to because those Apple Apple are counting on you doing that. That's the second. That's another product. That's another product for them to sell. But you shouldn't if if you if if you if you care at all about having a laptop that will last a long time, you, you don't go you don't go and buy a piece of technology that's basically being phased out by the parent company. Yeah, I, I really want to put my hands on one of those just to try. Oh yeah, definitely. Just to try, but I'm still I'm still kind of like afraid of buying one just because it's like the first version mm. of like Mac um, processors, right? So like you have no idea the problems that can come with, yeah. and like it's quite expensive. So yeah. I mean, I I think I think the thing is, like, and I don't have the money now. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I hope this podcast will change that. But um, I think what we really interesting is how Intel react because that was we see that AMD have really been sort of leapfrogging. It's, it's like it's like Microsoft been leapfrogging Apple a little bit in terms of the laptops and stuff. Um, when with with the, with, with the Surface series, but AMD is, is leapfrogging. Intel, how are Intel going to react? Like, could, could, could be like BlackBerry, where they, where they don't see the danger coming, where they where they don't see the competitors, and then too late they, they realize too late the danger, or will they be able to adapt? I don't think they'll be able to adapt because they have, they have sort of rested their laurels. It's a very successful company for a long time. They they've, they've earned that title. That that they need to fight for that title. You can't just live expecting that title to follow you wherever you go. Uh, that's that's not a right that Intel has, but that's what they, that's almost what they're treating it like at the moment. Do you think that other companies will start to do the same thing as Apple is doing now, like developing their own well, uh, processors and stuff, I or th- maybe Intel is going to uh, start making their own computers? I mean, no, Intel will make their yeah. computers because they don't they don't have the they don't have the ability to do so. Like, um, they, they just make chips. But I think Microsoft will. We see that Microsoft, for, like as I said, they've changed the business model where they where they're going into hardware uh, rather than just Windows and and Microsoft Office. And they're also going into cloud computing, like with uh, that. Microsoft made a big mistake with trying with with trying to be Google and 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 iOS. Uh, big with, mistakes. With, 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 with Windows with the Windows Phone, they said we want to manage the hardware, but we want other companies to manufacture it. Which then meant that there were problems with like obviously on the personal between companies, but also just the fact that they can't manage they can't manage the hardware the way that Apple can. By treating it like an open source pr- pr- uh, code base, like Google does, so Microsoft have learned the lesson. They're, they're like, if we're going to make hardware, we're going to if, so if, we're, if we want to manage the hardware, we need to make it ourselves. So they so they've made their surfaces, and the surfaces are often really really good. But they still yeah, I've never used one. Yeah, yeah. but I, they they still, they're still Intel based. I think that yeah. that Microsoft has learned learned their lesson from 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 Windows Phone. And I think that they that that unless yeah, wow, Windows Phone yeah, yeah that was I, pretty. I, I, yeah. I, unless unless like unless Windows unless Microsoft uh, unless sorry, unless Intel make a make start uh, pulling their weight again, I can see Microsoft, Microsoft doing the same thing. I don't think Dell or HP or Lenovo will because they're not at the same sort of scale as Microsoft or Apple, and they license Microsoft Windows. They don't create the OS. I think that the only companies that can actually have a need and a and and a desire to manage that the hardware to that level, that extreme would be the companies that, that manufacture the operating systems themselves.